Coming up, the Brooklyn Nets continue their preseason work. Ben Simmons, Mikhail Bridges, Spencer Dinwiddie, all in form here as we get a sample size of how Ben can further impact the offense when healthy and also an alternative sample size around the five. Could the Brooklyn Nets have a potential fit for rebounding and some shooters touch in Harry Giles? We dive in coming up next. You are locked on Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ah, yes, my friends, it is the Locked On Nets podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team, the Brooklyn Nets, every single day. I am Adam Armbrecht covering the New Jersey Devils on the Devil's Puck Luck podcast and also the New York Football Giants, for better or worse, on the One Giant Podcast. We thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free on all those great platforms. And let you know this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more right now. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. And where we get started is the continued process for Jacques Vaughn and these Brooklyn Nets through the preseason, identifying areas they need to improve, but also highlighting where we think they can be successful in the upcoming season. Doug Nury did a great job highlighting some of the quotes and comments from Cam Thomas, from Ben Simmons, from Jacques Vaughn. And we were obviously so pleasantly surprised to see Cam Thomas in that starting unit for the first preseason game. Likewise, he finds himself right back there again in this one. Now, we know coming out of that first preseason game with the ankle injury, no Dayron Sharp, also no Nicholas Claxton in this one dealing with a glute injury. And that opened up an opportunity here for one Harry Giles to step into the starting rotation. And we'll get to him in a little bit here and just discuss kind of how we have seen from the Brooklyn Nets in recent years, that very specific lack of shooting, right, from the the five spot, the traditional five spot on the floor. And also, when we talk about rebounding, you need more bodies that can get in there and mix it up. And certainly, they tried to get a sample size on not only Giles, but even Noah Clowney, who got some early run in this game. Score doesn't matter. We're not focused in on the win or the loss of it all here. But at the start, Ben Simmons, as we continue to be excited around what he can be for this team when healthy, I really thought showcased and reminded us the other facets of his game. So in preseason game number one, we like that he gets downhill. We like that he gets the open court dunk. Those things really matter. But in this game, um, and obviously we know that they're they're taking on a team that is non, um, not non-professional, but not NBA level talent in Maccabi. So when you see him out on the floor, maybe, and for everyone here, you take the good with a grain of salt, you take the bad with a little bit more of a microscope. But I really thought that we saw him with his court vision on full display here, right? One of the things that we we only got to see a handful of times, but we know whether it's on a turnover, whether it's on a made basket for the opposition, when Ben Simmons gets that ball under the basket, when he is going to be the inbounder, He wants to trigger that thing instantly. And there were several instances throughout this game where, again, off of a made bucket, off of a turnover, get me that ball, let me get across the end line, and let me often put this thing at midcourt on a single pass, put this thing three-quarters court on a pass, because he has that type of not only court vision, but also the, the accuracy when we talk about putting the ball into the hands of some playmakers. 
Packers. We saw it throughout this game when he went from the right corner, the right wing, clean across to the other side for Cam Thomas on a three-point connection. We saw him find about a half-court half pass from about the free-throw line of his end to the right wing to Spencer Dinwiddie. And we'll get into some of the shot hitters here in this game. But, but it, you have to continue to remind yourself that it's not just the defensive prowess. It's not just the turnovers. It's not just the healthy spring in his step when you get out in transition. It's not just driving into the paint and being able to draw the attention of an opposing defense and then find shooters on the perimeter. All those things are real and true. But it's also that when we talk about congestion, and that's going to be a problem for this team as they continue to work through some new players and a new scheme adjustment that Jock Vaughn wants to institute. Ben Simmons can mitigate the lack of spacing by getting that ball from point A to point B when it seemingly feels like watching one of those trick shot pool players on TV, right? He has a, he has a great understanding of the angles, great understanding of spacing. And also, if you are a teammate of his, you need to be ready for it. Harry Giles saw some easy dump off passes to him after Ben Simmons had penetrated. Le- easy layoffs for dunks for him. But again, the ability to move that ball around the court, the ability to shift the attention of the defense with where he dictates tempo, I thought was really nice to continue to see from him and from the team overall. Sluggish start, but as you saw them get into a little bit of a rhythm, some of their best offensive sets were when you saw the quick exchange between players and passes, right? And it's not just enough to say, well, you're looking to see if player A, go back to the Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving days, put the ball into their hands. And when they give it to you, give it right back, right? Because they just want to reset. That's all that they're looking to do. But when you don't have those pure superstar talents, we know that when you rotate that from side to side on the perimeter, it needs to be with intentionality, right? You're trying to get the defense within the paint to shift to create that pocket for a player to step into. You're also trying to potentially get it out onto a wing to a penetrating player that then is going to pull in that other outside and leave an open look for someone else. So there was some better intentionality here. Again, there was plenty of things to clean up, and we're going to talk about it at the back end here, what was a consistent and familiar problem from the first preseason game and what we thought was going to be a problem potentially as they try to make this adjustment, mixing in some drop coverage to go along with their switching defensive scheme. So more positives from Ben Simmons, and why don't we go ahead and just give a tip of the cap to one Mikhail Bridges who got into this one and and I thought found a rhythm for himself as well specifically from beyond the arc remember that first preseason game Doug highlighted it's unlikely that we're going to see that low of a volume specifically from the perimeter for Mikhail he goes 6 of 13 8 of 20 from the field overall I I really thought that there was some nice minutes from him and just a rhythm just a consistency in preseason game one he's trying to get into the mid-range game he's trying to go at the basket I, I I will say those sample sizes, him going baseline and, and getting at the rim, he's not the biggest guy in the world, right? So when you get met there, especially when you have some weak side help defense, it can look a little clunky for him. But overall, just want to see him getting into his rhythm on that end of the floor. Coming up here in a second, we're going to take a look at who filled in in the absence of Dayron Sharp, in the absence of Nick Claxton, and what did it remind us about what this team lacks, but maybe potentially what they could be cultivating in the background, whether it's in the short or long term. But first, we're going to tell you about our friends over at FanDuel because you know that you can snap into the action this NFL season with FanDuel America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place just a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. 
you can make a bad bet and still come out on the winning side. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options like you know from spreads, player pops, over-unders, and so much more. So you can visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season right now. And we're few were so inclined. Yeah, I'd probably lay the 13 and a half to the Carolina Panthers if I'm the Miami Dolphins at home. That's a nice one. You could go ahead and do that. And I wouldn't even recommend going to the minus 1000 money line on that game. That's how good the Dolphins have been. So you get over to FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off that NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Okay, so extending now the conversation for preseason game number two and thinking about this team in an area that we know has been a concern, not just this year, not just this offseason, not just the last two years, five years, 10 years, having consistent rebounding and having guys at the, quote, traditional five position, but just having big bodies with a little bit of a shooter's touch. I mentioned no uh, Dayron Sharp, obviously dealing with the ankle, and then also no Nick, Nick Claxton dealing with a glute injury. So it opens the door for a player like Harry Giles to step into this starting rotation tonight, along with the same cast that we had in the previous one, Mikhail Bridges, Ben Simmons, Spencer Dinwiddie, Cam Thomas, and remind us of the things that you need, at least in a small dose, from these bigs on your roster if you want to help this offense especially start to get some of that floor spacing back. I don't know what Harry Giles is going to end up being in the grand scheme of things. But what I can tell you is even in this game, we saw Harry Giles step into that role and give you something that Dayron Sharp has not shown the ability to do that. Nicholas Claxton is certainly working on, but has yet to show the ability to do. And that's just having a little jumper, have a little jumper, right? Because there's, there's things that he did that we like on the offensive rebounding, extended some possessions, big body, gets over the top of guys. He's not as athletic and in the open court, get out and run like a Nicholas Claxton and like a Ben Simmons is going to want to do with consistency. But all of a sudden, we're there late in the shot clock, and he's on the baseline, and he pulls up a jumper. The difference between having and not having that on your roster from that spot is the difference of kicking that ball to the top of the key and having the shot clock expire, having a bad chuck shot go up from whoever it may be, Spencer Dinwin, Mikhail Bridges, or otherwise, having the ball get back into Ben Simmons' hands, who also is not someone that you expect to be pulling the trigger with regularity. And the other part of it is the spacing that we've talked about so much. If, if you have a player that can do that for you out of the five spot, then two things happen. I mean, the, the result of that play was a nice little baseline jumper that you're happy to see. But the other part of that is the defense has to respect that. So whoever, whether it's on a switch or whether it's straight up, they're going to have to extend out and respect that he can have that type of range. Now you have two options rather than traditionally when you'd say, if I don't have the ability to do that and I don't have an outlet pass, my only real choice is to try to attack at the basket. And once you've mitigated the, the various ways you can attack a defender, well, he knows that he can set himself. He can put himself comfortably between you and the basket. He can cut off the baseline and what? Take a charge, force a really ugly shot, whatever the case may be. It really reduces your opportunities for success. But now the defender has to maybe take that quick step out to defend against you. Now, if you have the quick first step of your own, you can drive baseline and get the basket. You can hopefully open up a pocket on the interior for Ben Simmons, for a cutting wing, potentially to have an easy look at the basket. 
these are the things that we know are concerning from a spacing standpoint when Ben Simmons and Nicholas Claxton share the floor. And I'm very intrigued. Giles did not look nearly as good in preseason game number one. I thought he looked a lot better in preseason game number two. Do I think that he is carving out a role for himself? Probably not. But when you have an injury today, Ron Sharp, and you need bigger bodies and you need guys that can box players out so you can get some rebounding opportunities for the smaller players, even on the defensive end as well. Hey, this is what the Nets have lacked and you have an opportunity here because guess what? The next guy that came in, it was Noah Clowney. And I was happy to see him get an opportunity. I was happy to see him stretch his legs here and give himself a chance to showcase what it's possible that he can continue to develop into. I thought he looked more comfortable in these moments in this game than he did going back to summer league. That means the development is working. He's a young player. He has a long way to go. But likewise, he got involved. The difference maybe between him and, and Giles in this game was Noah Klani was there to mix it up for offensive boards. He just didn't get every one of them. He almost got his hands on, was almost able to extend the plays. But I was happy to see that he got a little bit of a sample size. And if you're Jock Vaughn, we said this all off season. Once, once we moved on from the superstars and we took these looks at Baisley, at Watford, at Giles, and we got a young player like Noah Clowney, and we hope Ben Simmons back healthy, it had to be about mixing and matching and seeing what could work. And if the injury for Dayron got this going a little bit sooner than expected because you want to give him every opportunity to have that backup role, so be it. Let's open it up and let's see what other players are capable of doing because if not, we are going to find ourselves against the better teams in the league this season scratching our heads and wondering what Jock Vaughn's adjustment is going to be when you see the stagnation of this offense. That being said, there is one more positive note here around the shooter's touch on this team in tonight's preseason game, and then also a familiar issue that we've seen all too much. Let's go ahead and dive in on that coming up in just one moment. So the Nets, uh, from a offensive standpoint, there's a real there's a couple of really nice things here. I mentioned Mikhail Bridges and him putting together a better game for himself and finding ways to just remind everybody he's going to be in rhythm. He's, he's the least concerning player you have on this roster, obviously. But in addition to him knocking down 6 of 13 from beyond the arc in his looks, Spencer Dinwiddie, I mentioned him on the outlet passes from Ben Simmons. I thought Spencer Dinwiddie showcased what his role is going to evolve into. And shout out to Billy Reinhardt, who had looked up some of these numbers. And we, we've talked about before, he's not great off, you know, on the better on the catch and shoot when he has to do it off the dribble. It doesn't look as good. But what is the expectation of how he's going to be utilized? And can you carve out that role for him? Much better job here. Wasn't like preseason game number one, where it's late in the shot clock, fading away, jumping out of bounds, heaving up prayers. Now, those prayers were getting answered. But ultimately, you want to see it happening with consistency, and you saw that from him in this game. A well-rounded uh, baseline for him. 23 minutes, 4 of 6 from the field. All of those shots coming from beyond the arc. Got to the line a few times, also kicked in 6 assists as well. So those are the things that really matter if Ben Simmons is going to be the orchestrator of this offense, and if Spencer Dinwiddie is going to be that number 2 kind of option, that number 2 on-ball guy. But he needs to show that he can have this role here. And especially in an instance when you had Cam Thomas having a more quiet night for himself. Well, that's when you need Spencer Dimity to step up just like he did in this. And I'll even rewind it back just for a moment on Ben Simmons. Nine assists in this game. I feel like 
I said everything about what was so good in his game, being productive, finding the shooters, having a great court vision, and left out the part where he had nine assists in just 22 minutes of action, right? So this is where we think this offense can go, but it requires Spencer Dinwiddie to have that level of consistency. It requires somebody else to step up as well. There was not a lot of three-point consistency from anyone else coming into this rotation. We still got the Joseph Dorian Finney-Smith. We still got Royce O'Neal. We got Baisley. We got Watford. And, and Watford was a guy who, in the later stages of this game, was able to get to the free throw line a lot. And he is a good free throw shooter. Again, think about the things that the Nets have lacked, even from the players that we believe in and like, like Nicholas Claxton doesn't have a big shooting range, and is inconsistent at the line. We love Ben Simmons. Again, does not have consistency at the line. So having other players come in and show a sample size of, hey, there may be moments when you need to look to somebody that has enough of the basketball IQ, that has enough of the on-ball ability, that has enough of the shooting ability, that can come in, attack a defense, draw fouls, and then be trusted to knock those down at the free throw line. So those are the positives. The negatives are, once again, the POA, the point of attack defense, was an issue for the Brooklyn Nets. Fighting over the screens, first of all, that was step one was a hard was a hard process for the Brooklyn Nets. Unable to get over that first screen, and then even in fighting over the first screen, getting washed out by a second. It, it's it is a consistent theme that we're going to have real concerns around until we see it happening. And you know, Doug pointed out in our last post game episode the the difference between wanting to use switching defense like they always did, switching everything, versus being able to use some drop coverage. Well, tonight's a difficult one because you don't have Nicholas Claxton out there. That that changes what you can do and how you can bounce in between those two things. But you can just isolate and watch the guard play, right? Watch the play on the wings and say, if we're not going to be able to crack this nut here when it comes to executing at least marginally in that in that execute in that process, excuse me, then it's going to be a non-starter. And then we're going to go back to switching everything. And if we go back to switching everything, then we're going to run to some of the same issues that we've had before, right? Calling out the opposition, calling out the marks that we want to go against, switching into those matchups, and then going to work. Now, it's a different constructed team. There's far more versatility to do that. But you, you, you need this to be a part of your repertoire. And so far, it remains TBD on if this team can get across the line with that process. One other final note before we get out of here is that Dennis Smith Jr. exited the game, rolled his ankle, shooter came up underneath him on a three-point attempt, defender, excuse me, came up underneath him, rolled the ankle, left, did not return, has injury history, and listen, he's also an important ingredient of that point of attack defense. He's supposed to be a traditional style point guard that's going to be able to help run that second unit. So already, early through two preseason games, we have two guys, uh, maybe a guy that was going to have every chance to be the, the immediate backup in Dayron Sharp, ankle injury. And now, certainly we think a second unit critical role player, and especially if Cam Thomas is going to emerge with a larger role, you want to have this guy that you can call on for the defensive lockdown moments that you need. Have to keep an eye on how that turns out for itself as well. In the meantime, again, a lot of positives here. The shooting touch was there for a lot of guys. The perimeter was a mixed bag. Tip of the cap to Spencer Dinwiddie. Tip of the cap to Mikhail Bridges. Tip of the cap standing ovation for Ben Simmons, who continues to excite the Nets fan base. But we got to continue to work on this. Monday, we'll have the 76ers in the preseason game. Next chance to continue to evolve this. But we're, we're zeroing in on the start of the season. 
And unfortunately, I think we're going to be talking about the growing pains early. And it's going to come down to, ironically, while we think the defense can be the anchor of this team, it's actually going to be us looking at the offensive end, I think, early and saying, can you find a rhythm and consistency? Because the defense is going to need some time. We're going to need some time to take on these new tasks and new assignments. And oh, by the way, no Cameron Johnson in these first two preseason games. That's a massive needle mover for how you want to execute on both ends of the floor. In the meantime, friends, you get over to YouTube, you turn on the alerts so you know when we're going live. You get us on the podcast feed. We have some new things we're going to be doing this season as well. We always talk about the exclusive content on YouTube. Well, guess what? There's going to be some exclusive stuff on the podcast feed as well. That's why you got to be listening and watching in both places. You get us over on at Locked on Net, at Doug Norrie, at Adam Armbrecht on Twitter. And by the way, if you're hanging around and you got some free time, why don't you go ahead and get over to joinsubtext.com slash Locked on Nets? Because that's where the conversation continues to extend. We're going to be giving you our game day matchups, preview stats. That's what we're going to focus on giving you an insight early in the morning, every single day. Boom, there's a text from Doug and myself talking to you about, hey, tonight when we take on the Chicago Bulls, they're old. Let's get after them. Let's run the floor. Let's tire out those legs. Join subtext.com slash locked on nets. Until next time, as always, when there is no Doug Norrie, there is no quote short of saying that I miss my friend. I can't wait till he's back so we can keep talking all things Brooklyn Nets basketball.